1: is Bobby Sharma. Thanks for being on the show, Bobby. Thank you,
0: Whitney. Pleasure to be here with you.
1: Focused on savings and investing, Bobby Sharma's biggest asset was building a network of trusted partners uh, after several false starts. Being a real estate and technology junkie, he believes that technology is a tool to enhance investment strategies. He is currently building a Prop tech startup in Silicon Valley, uh, Bobby. Thank you again for your time and just being willing to share your expertise with the listeners and myself. Give us a little more about you know maybe your real estate investing career or what you're doing right now in real estate, and let's jump into some of your superpowers. You know, I know you are extremely talented at just networking and and building that that investor base and those things that I know most of the listeners or majority of them are going to be very interested in hearing as well, and how you've used technology to do that too. So, but give us a little more about your your. Real Estate background and who you are.
0: Thank you, Whitney. So, yeah, uh, look, uh, you know, I started investing at a very early stage and it was, it was purely accidental. I was 24 living in Southern California and I happened to run across a house for sale. I was renting and I was bored. I walked into the house. Uh, there was a, an agent. I asked her a few questions and uh, And I asked her if if I I could be qualified for the loan, because at that time, I was still an immigrant, so I didn't have my green card yet. I was on what's called a labor uh, visa. And she said, yeah, as long as you got a W-2, we can get you a loan. So that's where it started. I bought a house, three bedroom, two bath in Riverside, California. And then I put an ad in the local paper, got two roommates, and they paid uh, for most of the mortgage, not quite all of it, but most of it. That's where my journey started. And then, well, about a decade later, because I was in technology, I, ended, I always wanted to be in Silicon Valley. I had heard of this mythical place called Silicon Valley. So I ended up in the Bay Area and worked for a couple of really wonderful technology companies. But I always had the itch to get back into real estate. So in 2010, when the downturn came, the prices were 40% off, 50% off, off the peak so i luckily connected with another real, great real estate agent and bought some properties and then bought some properties at the auction uh, the courthouse uh, steps gambled a little bit there but one of the things you know Whitney that i realized was uh, the location where i was living there was not a lot of real estate meetings so i had to go to san francisco or san jose for networking with other real estate people but i realized that I needed to surround myself with people that were much smarter than me, much more involved than me. So I would drive an hour and a half sometimes with the traffic to go to these meetups. And then I said, you know what, you know, there's no meetups in my area. So in November, 2010, I Launched a small little meetup in Oakland, California, and three people showed up. <laughs> so, but as we mentioned, I, you know, in my introduction, I grew that from three people. Now we have about five thousand members. We meet very frequently, at least once a month, and now we're meeting online. But what I was able to do was use technology. So I adopted uh, things like Mailchimp or Constant Contact like very early like uh in 2010 i was already building my list but you know you had asked me about what's my superpower my you know um it's really just networking with people just being kind to people just listening to them in fact there was a gentleman that i met at my meetup 8 years ago we had a beer before the meetup and to this day i'm doing deals with him we're on a, on our about Fiftieth or sixtieth deal, but it started from you know having that beer together before the event.
1: Nice. Well, yeah, you know, I, I think it's incredible. I mean, in any business, but especially in real estate, your network is so important, right? And, and it's neat that you know you just really were able to focus on that. And and you know you mentioned like being kind and listening. It was like one of the first things that you said about that. And I think it's so important in any relationship, right? Whether it's, you know, in your home or whether it's, you know, at, at uh, the meetup group, you know, the the ones that listen to others quickly become the like the favorite people, right? You know, you, you know, you really like that person. After you get home, you think, I really like that guy. But then you think, well, what did I, what do I know about him? Well... Not much because he was asking me all the questions, right? So that's so neat that, that you did that. Can you elaborate on um, how technology also helped you to do that and how technology has helped you to grow your business? You're obviously an expert in that field. So I'd love, I, know, I know a lot of the listeners are thinking, you know, everybody's thinking, how do I scale my business? How do I use technology? Uh, can you just shed some light on how you've done that?
0: So once again, about 2016 there was a company they had about 100 doors when i met them but they were focused on Kansas City St. Louis market and they were they were focused mostly on section 8 properties but anyway long story short we became friends the, the, he was a presenter at my meetup i became their one of their first investors but what we did to scale up our business was number one we implemented a CRM and secondly their website was just horrible. It had no proper messaging. It was just like a uh, like a Word doc on HTML, right? It was uh, you know, so, you know so somebody's nephew had designed that website for free and all that. So so we we upgraded the website. And we put uh, the proper kind of messaging about who our residents are in our Section 8 properties. How do we take care of our investors? what is the team? Like, why should they trust the team? And of course, testimonials. So a lot of good testimonials from from residents, from investors, and it cost us quite a bit, right? So it was not an inexpensive venture, but it cost us a um, significant amount of money. It was an investment that we made, but the most important investment was in a good CRM. So I helped implement the CRM, help build out the the database, figure out who are the accredited investors versus non-accredited investors, figure out who was more ready to invest. So we, we did a couple of surveys. We started collecting data and we, we figured out, you know, who likes the passive income versus who likes to be more aggressive and take on an equity position? So once we had all those things figured out, we would reach out to them on a regular basis, give them updates, not solicit any investing, just give them updates on, look, hey, we, we acquired certain properties, here's what we're doing. And if they were curious because they knew we worked with investors, they would reach out to us. So there was never a hard sell. But we use technology for all that messaging. Long story short, we're now at over 650 doors and the operation's you know, growing. Uh, it's, in, it's mainly in the Midwest, in Kansas City, St. Louis, Cincinnati markets, Memphis as well. But that's how we grew that business.
1: Nice. Do you mind to mention what CRM you all are using? We used Salesforce. Okay, yeah, that's a very robust system, no doubt about it. You know, on that uh, aspect alone, What about just the learning curve of using a system like that, you know, that, you know, we use a pretty robust system as well. I looked at Salesforce, but you know, there's a big learning curve for our whole team, right? So it's taken months before we could really start using it well. And, and I feel like we've still barely skimmed the surface of what this thing can do. You know, how is that for you all implementing something like that and getting the whole team on board and really using everything it can do? So I had
0: some experience with Salesforce. Uh, so I was basically the admin for all of that. But then we did, uh, you know, our, our most of the partners are based here in the West Coast, but we do have our, our office. The main hub of our business is in Kansas City. So luckily one of the people in, on that team in Kansas City was able to pick it up pretty easily and she was in finance and she kind of ran with it. We did hire a marketing assistant To help out with some of the collateral. But if I was to do it over again, and with me, if I was in your shoes, I would start with the much simpler CRM system. You don't have to start with Salesforce. It just happened that I knew something about Salesforce because I'd used it in my corporate job, but not everybody has that luxury. So I would say start with a really simple CRM that you can pick up in few days. You know, there's HubSpot, there's so many other CRMs out there that are really easy to use. But that's where I would start. But adopt some technology into your business. But, you know, go beyond Excel or Google uh, Spreadsheets, you know, go beyond that.
1: There's some free ones right that are that are pretty good, better than just having an excel sheet, no doubt about it you know so could you just highlight a little bit your real estate investing and syndications, things like that and, and to the point you know you're retiring from your from a well paying w two you know position and you know just the thought process behind that transition
0: Most of my contacts happen because I network a lot. not only do I have my own meetups. But I go to other people's meetups because that's where like-minded people go. So I take the time and I go and I support other meetups. And sometimes I even do joint events with other meetup leaders. You know, sometimes we have a speaker who can only be in town for one night and we want to fill the room. So we'll do, we'll do co-marketing. Essentially, I found my syndication partners because I had invited some of them, you know, folks like yourself, uh, I, had, I had a lot of respect for what they had achieved. So I said, hey, would you like to come and present at my meetup? So four and a half years ago, I had a, a young gentleman who had acquired a lot of doors and he spoke at my meetup. And then uh, two years ago, he reached out to me and said, look, I enjoyed presenting to your group. We're looking at acquiring some more assets. You know, would you like to partner with us? That's how it got started. But it, you know, Whitney always started for me by offering something of value to my partners, right? It it, it was always, hey, listen, I don't you give me equity just because I'm wealthy or I'm a nice guy or whatever. No, it's how can I help you grow your business? You know, what are the challenges that you're facing that I may be able to help you with? Maybe I can't, but if I can, I will try to help you. Uh, so that's been my approach, and that's how all my partnerships started. So that's how we got going with syndications.
1: Now that's awesome. Uh, you know, do, are there examples maybe or just thoughts that you have about adding value that you can help the listener with because it, 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 we hear this often but it's it's still not something that that most take advantage of, right? It's hard to change that mindset, right? Of just adding value before you're asking for something. You know, how did you do that or maybe you have some examples that could help somebody that's listening to really have that in mind. I mean, for real, you know, as opposed to just knowing that's what we say
0: i'll give you one incident so i was an lp on a mobile home park syndication they weren't big operators uh they were sort of medium-sized operators but they luckily one of the partners was based out in san francisco so one day we grabbed lunch you know because i had invested with them and he's like hey i'll give you an update let's go grab lunch during the lunch he he expressed that he was having challenges with his asset manager he was not able to find a reliable asset manager so i'm like i'm like what's involved you know and he he explained what's involved i'm like uh, if you don't mind i'll be your asset manager for some of your properties i'll volunteer i don't want you to pay me no payment involved. Just coach me a little bit. Tell me what I need to do. And you know, big I had been in corporate environment. I knew how to communicate. I knew, I knew how to use Slack and Asana and all these things. And I knew how to do project management. And that's what they needed, right? They needed a project manager. So he's like, Are you sure? I'm like, Yeah, look, I got time and you don't need to pay me. Okay. He's like when can you start I'm like tomorrow you know so 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 that lunch went from you know just talking about the business to now me becoming an asset manager for four of their properties and we we got it stabilized. I was managing the property managers, and there were fires to be put out. You know, there were incidents of uh, somebody brought in a pit bull. You know, so we had to file police reports and evict the lady. She was a very nice lady, but she's not allowed to have a pit bull in a park. And and then there were you know other very interesting. By the way, mobile home parks. There's some interesting stories. So if you want to have a whole podcast on uh, the lifestyles of the mobile home park, I can I can dive into that. But uh, about seven months later, they found a full-time asset manager, a former Marine, you know, very good, very organized, and he's full-time with them now. But that's how I gave to that syndication. You know, no no money, no. you know, didn't get paid, but I, I learned a valuable lesson. So volunteer, give help. You know, they, there might be a meetup leader in your community who needs help with something, Talk to them. Go, go help them out. You know, most of the time these are people, individuals, who are taking time out of their lives to organize events, to bring speakers, to make sure that the venue is available. Sometimes they're paying for the venue out of their pocket. I was doing that for a long time. So do things like that,
1: Bobby. What's been the hardest part of this real estate journey, or you know, commercial real estate for you? You know, partners.
0: You know, there was uh, opportunities for us to do really well, but when partnerships don't align. you got to fail fast. So once I realized in, in a couple of incidents where things weren't going right, I had to pull the eject button really quickly. I, I lost some money. But it's, it comes down to evaluate your partners, and make sure they have the the same ethical and discipline standard as yourself, and see if they're even better than you, right? Find partners that are uh, that are going to make you better right so in my case there were t- two incidents where we 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 could have made a ton of money back in the day but just you know we hired the wrong people we made the wrong decisions so uh, but but after a short period you know i'm like this is not working let's just close down the company that's been the hardest part
1: it's a lot though to recognize that and then to just Make it quick, right? Rip the bandaid off fast, right? Uh, Yeah, and get that over with. But but you know, a lot of people, it's easy to just dwell on that, right, and get stuck in that, and and then not move forward. So, congratulations on that, though. Just moving past that. Most of us have have had some kind of problem, partner, or you know, in some way, and it's hard to get past. Sometimes, Uh, you know, Bobby. How do you prepare for a downturn? You're thinking about you know large commercial, uh, multifamily, or real estate. You know how do you prepare for a downturn?
0: So yeah, the, the the pandemic really we we bought our assets you know before the pandemic. So yeah, this is a, sh- a surprise for us as well. So the only thing we're doing is we're uh, really tightening our property management and our expenses, and we did do the distributions. So so all of our uh, the the three indi- syndications that I'm involved in. Uh, we did do the distributions, but we let the investors know that we are collecting. It's not quite at this level at as we thought, but we are collecting. So you deserve to get paid. But if things go severely downhill from here, you know, we may have to come back to you for a capital raise, or uh, plan B is that the the GPs will add funds to the to, to the syndication themselves if the investors are not willing to do, to do that. But so so those those are our plans. But just like any other syndicator, we get anxious around you know the the first to the tenth are very uh, anxious days. But luckily, uh, the rents have been coming in not quite where we want them to be, but. Coming in enough to do debt service. If it, it's any worse, we still have some wiggle room. We have enough margin in our deals. If it gets really really bad, uh, then you know we may have to go to the bank and figure something out.
1: What do you predict to happen? And say in the next six to twelve months, do you all have any thoughts on? Hey, you know, we're buyers, or we're going to wait a few months, or we're you know we expect to see this happen
0: you know the the biggest unknown for me is the election outcome like i hope people stay calm and uh i think th- that's the biggest event that's in, on everybody's radar if it's going to cause a uh, turmoil or or not right so regardless of who wins i don't it doesn't matter but the country needs to stay calm and get back to work right so for a majority of my investments we're not acquiring. We're researching. We're looking at OMs and talking to brokers. As you know, Whitney, there's no discount on a multifamily yet, right? There's the cap rates are still low. People are still you know, pricing these properties as though it's pre-COVID. But uh, we're on the sidelines, looking and seeing if there's any opportunities to pick up some deals. Uh, you know, shoring up some dry powder. But the election, by far, is the biggest event that is known. There could be other black swan events, but th- that are known. But uh, sure. but that's what I yeah.
1: What's a way you've recently improved your business that we can apply to our business? Yeah, so so you know, I had I, I left my W two about
0: two years ago, and I had a project that I really wanted to focus on. So I track all my investments, my real estate investments. I used to in Excel, right? So I had my my investments, and you know what what's my my interest payments? I, I'm a private money lender. I've got rentals. I've got syndications. I've got all these things. So for the past year and a half, I, I met up with another gentleman who's got a solid technology background as well. So we've been using this tool that we've built to track our assets. It's a, it's an asset performance management tool. It's not a property management tool. It's, it's not a QuickBooks, but it's kind of a hybrid where we pull in data from your property management, from your bank account, and we give you how your assets are performing that you've already purchased, but not necessarily... Just your syndications, right you could own uh, your rent your rental properties, you could have a private money, you could be in a note, you could be in a syndication it's your uh, your primary home. you have all these different asset classes that you could be invested in. Where are you tracking them we We have document storage, we have reminders we have a graph that you can look at, so that 's what i 'm using. You know so the analogy would be if you log into Etrade or Schwab or Robinhood you can see your portfolio in a glance and right. you can see how much you're up and down well we wanted to build that for real estate so that's what we've built
1: Nice tell me the number one thing that's contributed to your success The number one
0: thing has been just networking and connecting with the right people. And, and like, like we discussed, not everybody's going to be a right fit, but if you do get the right fit, you get, do get the right people, it's your team and you write along with the team. So for me, it's been just uh, persistence and surrounding myself with the right team.
1: How do you like to give back?
0: There's multiple ways, right? So the way I like to give back is by creating jobs. So when I was doing fix and flips and I'd go to my job site, And I'd see people working. And I'm like, you know, uh, I'm providing a livelihood for somebody. So for me, it's always been... How can I give jobs to people? Right. To me, that's number one. The other way is through because of the the Section 8 uh, company that I'm, I'm involved in and I'm a partner in, you know, we provide good, clean, affordable housing. We improve the neighborhoods because we buy so much in a block of, let's say, Kansas City, the inner city we eventually help improve th- those blocks right so now there's no graffiti there's better homes there uh, you know families are the kids are playing outside so we have seen dramatic you know uh, changes in those communities and you know through my net uh, my meetup network providing education so, those I would say are the three ways in which I've given back to the community.
1: Nice. Well, Bobby, I'm grateful to have met you and grateful to have had you on the show. Uh, just an amazing story, you know, the immigrant, you know, coming to the US and house hacking. I mean, it's great to hear that. And just, you know, you, you rented it out to two other people and got started in that way. Didn't know if you would even qualify and you made it happen. And now you're doing a lot bigger things and, and how you've used technology as well to even grow, uh, you know, your meetup to 5,000 people. That's very significant. Most people that are running a meetup, you know, I dream of having one that size, or maybe they think, oh, there's no way I could manage that, you know, but you've done it. And I'm sure that has paid, you know, dividends forward. Uh, so t- but tell people how they can get in touch with you and learn more about you.
0: Yeah, very easy. It's just B-O-B-B-Y. So Bobby at bettercapital.us. So Bobby at bettercapital.us.
1: Don't go yet. Thank you for listening to today's episode.